You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And welcome to summertime. It's uh, we've passed like the official start of summer, so you know, not that we're going out and doing anything, but maybe some people are actually going on summer vacation. We're not. We're gonna sit right here, smoke cigars, and talk shit about movies because that's what we do. Absolutely. So, uh, what are we smoking this week, Brad? All right. So this week we've got the Carl Malone Barrel Aged by La Aura Cigars. <laughs> Yeah, we've smoked some uh, La Aurora before. They most recently was the uh, ADN, and they generally make some some fairly good cigars. Yeah, absolutely. I've always been a fan. Um, I think they do like the the R series, the N series, and some other stuff too that I, I've kind of liked. Um, I've had the was it the the hundred años was a was an old old good one. So, this cigar here, it's going to be made up of, well, first of all, we said barrel aged, so it's actually aged in rum barrels for six months. Which is um, kind of different. We've had, like, bourbon barrel aged. I don't think we've had any rum aged cigars yet. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but this sports a Ecuadorian wrapper and binder with a blend of Peruvian, Dominican, and Nicaraguan tobaccos uh, for the filler. And, you know, sometimes summer means sports, and... Yeah, you know, the Carl Malone cigar is a, you know, pays tribute to retired NBA superstar, Utah Jazz player Carl Malone, um, who uh, yeah apparently has his own cigar now. Which, like I said, we I kind of came up with this because I got into a discussion the other night on someone was like trying to collect a list of all the cigars named after sports stars, and 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 I was like, well, I just saw the Carl Malone cigar. I haven't tried it yet, but yeah, you know, there's one for your list. I was like, well. Since I've thrown that out there, I guess I have to smoke it and see if it's any good now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I would say Woody and Creamy are the two distinct um, flavors that I get out of this. Um, this is a very mild smoke, so, um, you know, a little bit. Yeah, definitely milder than our usual, but not bad so far. It's got no, a nice I mean, flavor to it. It, it. It's got a bit of, um, you know, complexity to the flavors, and that, to me, um, oftentimes is more important necessarily than just the strength. <laughs> and, you know, on their website, the uh, the tasting notes, they have something I've never seen used to describe a cigar. It says, Woods, cream, leather, nuts, floral, exotic spice, and frosted flakes. They're great! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't think I ate frosted flakes properly. Because I, I, I just, as a kid basically dump a cup of sugar over the frosted flakes so then i would get this uh you know and milk double, sugary double uh you know paste going on in the bottom of the uh the cereal bowl i i guess was <laughs> dude frosted flakes is like all i ate growing up i don't but i didn't dump double sugar on mine i don't see how like i'm the one that ended up with diabetes and you know you're fine S- superior genetics i guess <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> Uh, so, uh, along with summer, sometimes you think about going to summer camp. And uh, so we're going to be reviewing a movie that... See, lately, 
we end up watching a lot of movies at the cigar shop, and a lot of time we see things that we never either heard of or saw when they were in theaters. And we have a buddy, uh, shout out to John, who's like, every time he comes in, he's like, all right, we got to find a horror movie. And when you have hundreds of TV channels, there's always some kind of horror movie on. So we have seen a collection of weird-ass horror movies, and this one kind of fit the summer theme. So this week we're going to be talking about a little film called The Final Girls. <laughs> not to be confused with The Final Girl, which is still kind of a badass movie, but not summer camp related at all. Um, you know, or the so... movie The Last Girl, which was kind of a like a drama from the. <laughs> yeah, the final girl was basically, um, you know, she was a trained assassin and a badass, and it was overall a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, I, think I might have to watch that one too. But yeah, the final girls is a kind of a throwback to '80s horror movies, and we'll get deeper into that in the main segment. But if you're gonna have to fight off a mass killer, masked killer, uh, talking about Skrillex for a second, <laughs> call on the Strike Force, strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNudes for 20% off your order, and you can get in tiny little tin pouches, so if you have to run for your life, you don't have a lot of cans weighing you down. Or make a lot of unnecessary noise that might give away your position. Exactly. you gotta, you got to be stealthy when you're you know, on the run for your life. <laughs> Just don't trip. You be tripping, Holmes. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and with that, we'll continue on. Welcome to Camp Bluefish, where romance and the sun can turn deadly. Best summer ever! This is the summer that's going to change your life. Where the days are warm. Hey, my guitar is choice. Thanks, Blake. Mitch and hair. The girls are cool. Did I miss the circle? The nights are always hot. And evil lurks around every corner. Gosh, you startled me. So I just go down that path all the way? A guy like you can go anywhere he wants. <laughs> and any moment, Billy can strike. Won't be singing Kumbaya. They'll be screaming Kumbano. Pack your bags for Camp Bloodbath. We just messed with the wrong virgin. Where the only marshmallow that will roast is your sanity. And welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, we're uh <laughs> This is one of those weird movies that we just came across at the cigar shop one day, like walked in like halfway through it and was like all right, this is fucking weird, and then immediately had to go uh, rent it so we could see it in its entire uh, <laughs> entire run. You know, if you're a fan of Scream or any of the... Jason Voorhees. Like the, the more comedic horror movies, this is definitely right up your alley. It's, and it was one of those that, like, had a pretty decent, you know, cast in it, but it was just one of those that was like a... Limited release straight to video from 2015 that we uh, just never came across our radar. Uh, directed by Todd Strauss-Schlossen uh, <laughs> and written by M.A. Fortin. Yeah, it's a basic, basically it's kids get trapped in a 1986 horror movie. And have to use their knowledge of horror movies to survive. <laughs> 
but you know, to me, it was a very interesting premise because as nerds, or anybody that is into comic books, superheroes, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, whatever fandom you are into, like people can get on a level of detail within those fandoms that people on the outside just don't understand. <laughs> so it was really kind of interesting to be like, hey. This group of people are obsessed with, you know, this horror film, and we've got to rely on their expertise in order to make it through, you know, uh, to, to the end and stuff. And, um, you know, if it, it paid homage to basically all of the stereotypes that comes along with just about any slasher film. Don't do drugs. Don't have sex. You know. Um, don't do drugs while having sex. Yes. If you do anything, you know that because as we talked about in some of our slasher episodes, I mean, the OG slasher movies of the seventies and eighties very much was a morality tale. You know, you had to be the virgin to uh, make it out alive. <laughs> Anyone who was promiscuous or did drugs or drank, you know, they're definitely going to die. Or if you wore a red coat. <laughs> That's Star Trek. You're mixing genres. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just saying. Oh. There's, there's just certain, you know, tropes that have to be followed. <laughs> but the premise of the... That's the thing, too. Like, not only is it, like I said, a weird horror comedy, but then it has kind of a... An, an emotional uh, like undertone because it's the main character uh, Max played by Tisa Farmigs, and if you're a friend, if a, a fan of uh, Good Mythical Morning, she kind of looks like their producer uh, Stevie. <laughs> I was just like, I had to look it up. I was like, is that Stevie? No, but uh, yeah, her mother uh, uh, Amanda, played by uh, Malin uh, Ackerman, was in a is like a struggling actress. And the only thing she's really known for is this bad horror movie she did in the 80s. And she's like, man, I can't get a job. Every time I go to an audition, they're like, oh, yeah, you're Nancy from that movie. She's like, that's going to haunt me forever. Well, on the way home, uh, they get in a car accident and her mother's killed. So three years later on the anniversary of her death, uh, there, which apparently is also the anniversary of this movie, the local theater is doing a double feature of... Camp Bloodbath and its sequel, Camp Bloodbath Cruel Summer. <laughs> and yeah, they talk her into coming and being a uh, a guest uh, at the uh, at the con. You know, it, it kind of looks very much like a like a nerd uh, Dragon Con type uh, theatrical viewing. I mean, you know, and that's what made it great. You know, I mean. Dragon Con, Comic Con, anything with a con. Um, con! Yes. Rathacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We are that con. <laughs> but yeah, when her and her friends, uh, which, you know, her, her kind of nerdy best friend and her horror movie obsessed uh, stepbrother, and then the, uh, the kind of jockish dude that she has a crush on and her, his bitch ex-girlfriend all end up at this theater together and i gotta say this whole sequence very much like i was there watching it and i was like are we about to have a final destination moment because it's like 
Oh, everybody, there's like showing one guy smoking a joint and another guy like brought a, snuck a bottle of whiskey in and then dropped it and it rolls through the entire theater, le- you know, leaking alcohol the whole way. And I'm like, and then there's some other guy with a machete. I'm like, uh, yep, something bad's about to happen. And sure enough, a joint guy drops his, uh, his ash and sets the entire theater on fire. <laughs> Dang, broke every horror movie rule there is. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. So as they're trapped in this burning inferno with the, and they can't get out, they decide the, o- the only way out is to go through the screen and hopefully find a backstage emergency exit. So you know, she takes the machete that somebody dropped and cuts a hole in the theater screen and like walks through the screen, and then they all wake up in 1986. <laughs> but it's kind of crazy because it's like they don't realize what's happened. Um you know, so basically the the movie starts and, you know, it takes them a minute to figure out that, hey, we are in this movie and, like, they kept trying to change things or run away or, you know, interact in the characters in such a way that, you know, did not fit the original movie script. And, you know, it's like, oh, nope, that didn't happen. And the film just resets, like, from the very <laughs> beginning. Yeah, because at first they're like, you know, walking through the woods and you see the yellow hippie van that they had just watched in the start of the movie come by and like, hey, do you know where uh, camp whatever is? And they're like, yeah, it's down that way. And they drive off and they sit there. And the bottom scene is like, 92 minutes later, here comes the bus again. <laughs> and then one guy's like, wait a minute. And they ask for directions again. And they send him on the way. And he's, he looks at his, his watch and he's like, then it's like, 92 minutes again later and he's like counting it down and like and here we go and then there comes the bus again he's like dude i think we're in the movie (laughs) Uh, it's like they missed the jumping on point like kind of jumanji style and like all right we gotta wait for it to come back around again to jump back into the (laughs) the story and it was an interesting story i mean and and i mean you know very much be campy you know it didn't take itself too seriously but like you said at the same time like there was some substance there you know so i mean it wasn't you know complete cheese like you know something of zombiever or you know some of these (laughs) other you know um terrible movies that we've watched yeah and it's like because you know max misses her mother and suddenly she's in a movie with her teenage mother (laughs) And is, you know, trying to, uh, not, uh, kind of like, you know, and it's like, the whole time you're like, <laughs> I was watching cause she's like trying to like be nice to her and, t- and talk her out of like having sex with dumb people. And it's like, this is coming off like you're hitting on her. I'm like, dude, I said, do you not see back to the future and do not sleep with your mom? <laughs> it's like every time she like starts talking to her mom, I'm like, is this about, to, is she about to like make out with her mom? Cause it's... <laughs> This is an 80s horror movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I mean, could you... like? I mean, that was the other thing, is I think they did a great job of, you know, kind of... You know, the characters battling, like, hey, you're my mom, and you're dead, but here you are in the flesh, but I can't just come out and say, hey, I'm your daughter, you know? Um, like... It, Kind of an interesting little mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like when they... 
they get to the the camp and it's like like they're like fuck this we got to get out of here like people are gonna die and they and they try to leave and they keep running out the gate and then they end up coming it back in from the and it's funny like the characters keep resetting like hey where are you going you're gonna miss the uh the uh slumber party and they just come back and they're just like hey welcome back and they just keep running hey you're gonna miss the slumber party hey welcome back and they're like fuck we can't they won't let us leave it's like an endless loop it was great i thought it was great anyway <laughs> oh and then they i mean in like since it's very loosely a Friday the 13th type ripoff of a murderer at a camp because a, a kid got hurt and he comes back for vengeance. They have all the stereotypical characters of the 80s horror movie. You've got the the slutty girl who's also very clumsy. You've got the uh, kind of the nerd guy. you got the dude with all the buttons. And they got the, kind of the, the nice girl who, who ends up uh, hooking up with somebody and uh, which was her supposed to be her mom's character. And then you got the Kind of like the dumb asshole jock, which, you know, it's played by uh, Adam Devine from, you know, Pitch Perfect and other movies. Like, him being a jock is like, I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> he's always a dork. I'm like, uh, but he, he's hilarious as, like, the asshole of the movie <laughs> who's all about getting laid. But it's just like, are you sure he's can play the jock? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think... It's fucking bumper, man. <laughs> I mean... I don't. I. I think all of the um, actors and actresses played their roles well. I mean, there <laughs> yeah. really wasn't any that I was like, ah, that that doesn't fit or anything of that nature. So. And then you had the one badass chick who has like a a freaking eighties Trans Am, uh, you know, Night Rider car looking thing, who's who was originally supposed to be the 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 badass virgin who who survives the movie, but then yeah, they end up fucking up and <laughs> have to find a new virgin <laughs> but like the first uh i guess the first kill where like you know girl goes off into the woods to pick flowers and runs across a, a hitchhiker and and ends up uh getting killed by instead of jason in this movie it's it's billy murphy who has this weird ass like hand carved wooden mask yeah definitely no hockey mask but it was it was. It almost was like Wendigo, you know, in, <laughs> yeah. in a way, like <laughs> definitely like a terrifying looking mask. But like when they they're like, we're just gonna sit here and watch them get killed. They're already dead. It's it's in the movie. Like we can't stop it. And then like <laughs> the one the dork uh, friend that is like obsessed with the horror movies, which is played by Thomas Middleditch. And Middleditch is funny, but he's also annoying. So I like Middleditch and small doses. So any movie where he dies. It's a good movie. I mean, he died in Zombieland 2. It's like, I like I like him to show up, be funny for a few minutes, and then can you go ahead and just kill him off so I don't have to deal with him for the rest of the movie? Yeah. Because he's just slightly annoying. But he's like, no, see, we're not in the movie. He doesn't know what to do with us. It's like, because like, the killer's just kind of staring at them. He's like, see, he's not trying to kill me. I'm going to get a selfie. <laughs> starts trying to take a selfie with the monster. And then gets like, you know freaking impaled uh, with a <laughs> flying machete and they're like oh fuck we can't die in this run <laughs> yeah uh definitely had a you know a couple of final destination moments you know just where you you sort of expect a death how the death occurs 
is usually completely different than how it played out in your head. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so, it... but I mean, the, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, Billy's kind of, you know, story is, you know, of course, people familiar with Friday the Thirteenth know that Jason Voorhees drowned, whereas with Billy. Um, I guess he was in a outhouse retreating from the, the bullies, and, you know, I guess the counselors decided, ah, we'll flush him out with some fireworks, so basically, <laughs> you know, he suffered a bunch of third-degree burns and stuff. And, and spent a whole bunch of time in a, in a hospital and decided to carve his own wooden mask to hide his uh, horribly burned face. So it's almost got like a Freddy uh, tinge to it there, you know. It's yeah. Like, maybe it's Leatherface a little bit. You know, he's like, <laughs> kind of draws on the, uh, yeah, the, the classic uh, slasher villains. I don't know. I mean, I... I With a proper I, machete. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see, you know, obviously Friday the 13th. Um, definitely some scream influence um, at times. And before he gets like... Chopped with a machete. I, I I loved Middle Ditch's uh, like fanboying over the characters because he loves this movie and he's like he's like starts quoting you know like Mountain basically the line. reciting the lines and, <laughs> and then, like when they talk to uh, uh freaking Adam Devine's character and he's a uh, uh, Kurt he's like can you insult me <laughs> he's like why don't you go suck a turd he's like yes that is awesome thank you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It's like if I was trapped in a, in a uh, Samuel Jacks movie, I would want him to call me a motherfucker. That's one of my bucket lists. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just like you know if you, you know, you know. I mean uh, he's passed obviously, but you know like a Sid Haig or something like that. You know, yeah. I mean there's just certain you know lines that it'd be an honor to be yes. <laughs> insulted by you, sir. <laughs> uh. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna need to borrow your van. And he just chunks his keys out into the woods, and like, it's like, yeah, classic, yeah, dick move. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the woods looking for the keys <laughs> alone, at least. And then you're gonna come across the, the the. <laughs> and I gotta say, the scene with the hitchhiker too. It's like, it's like, hey, it's, do I need to follow this trail to town? Looking like you, you can go wherever you want. And it's like, it's, it's like the level of cheese. I'm like, yeah, this this sounds like it's 1986. I, <laughs> I understand this. They're speaking my language. I've seen these bad movies. It's either porn or horror. One or the other. Sometimes a little bit of both, depending on what movie you're watching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And th I mean, that was one of the, you know, interesting tropes. You know, obviously we had, you know can't have 80s slasher film without you know um the, the slutty girl but you know that the way that they go about like trying to prevent the slutty nature and like the girl's like i i, I just you know something just i i gotta get undressed so they end up like duct taping <laughs> her hands and everything yeah, every else time somebody, play, like, somebody plays music she starts like freaking stripping and grinding on everybody so it's like all right we're gonna have to make sure no one gets laid. And they like, like, we'll you know break it up into teams. And like her, there's like she's clumsy and she's slutty. They like duct tape like oven mitts to her hands and like a wrap her up in a, a freaking flotation device. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> and then like you know, yeah, she's uh, trying to talk her mom into not because her big plan is to have sex with Kurt. And then you know, 
the kind of boyfriend that went stuck in the movie with him too. He's like, you know, babysitting Kurt <laughs> and he's like looking at the, like nudie magazines. He's like, man, you see all this, these hot chicks. And he's like, and he's like trying to talk him down. He's like, man, you know, too bad. There's not any hot girls you know, here this summer. He's like, what are you talking about? Are you gay? And he's like, Hey, both my dads are gay. So shut your mouth. <laughs> he's like, what? Gay guys can't have kids. Cause it's the freaking eighties. You know, it's yeah. like things were still very repressed back then. So <laughs> It's just like uh, freaking. Th- he's like, if you're coming, he's like, I will kick your ass if you try to have sex with anybody. He's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> uh, and I was like, because since like they're in the movie, they're the only ones that hear the audio cues. So it's like you start hearing the 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 freaking like, or yeah, the the freaking Jason music. And he's like, oh shit, somebody's about to have sex. We gotta find them. <laughs> He like kicks up the door. He's like, "I thought I told you no <laughs> to keep your pants on." Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, definitely some you know great you know fourth wall uh, elements in this film. <laughs> uh, and then the the uh, the one girl like you know, sees Billy, and they start telling the uh, uh, you know Nancy starts telling the story, and then all like the color starts dripping out of them like what the hell's going on and they all get sucked into like the flashback voiceover moment where it's like it's now we're in the 50s and it's all black and white and they're like the fuck <laughs> and they're actually having to sit through the flashback moment <laughs> yeah i don't know like d- didn't at some point they like try to intervene or or something of that nature and i can't remember <laughs> Later on, they use the flashback uh, as a way to try to escape. <laughs> but it's funny because they go through the whole flashback, and then like they 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 see Billy's first murder, murder where he comes in and slaughters all the counselors, and they get sprayed with blood. So when it comes back to like the regular movie, they're all standing there covered in blood, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck!" And they're just trying to like run away because their whole plan is like, "All right, we'll just sit this out. We'll we'll st- stay with the girl that we know is going to make it out alive," and We'll just, like, you know, follow her out of here. And then, like, when they come back all covered in blood because they've been stuck in the flashback, everyone freaks out and jump in uh, a <laughs> freaking Kurt and her jump in her car and try to leave. And they're like, this, they're not gonna, it's, you're not going to be able to get out. And then freaking Middleditch comes out of the woods like, hey, guys, I'm not really dead. I'm just cut real bad and gets ran over. <laughs> and freaking Adam Devane's like, oh, my God, you just killed a guy. I promise not to tell anyone if we just go have sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they run into the uh, the the camp uh, sign in the car, and he gets like ejected out the window, like and just like horribly pressled up. I mean, it's very Final Destination esque uh, ending. And then the car blows up, and they're like, they're like, "Oh no, she's still alive. We're good." And then the car blows up, and they're like, "Fuck! Now how are we gonna get out of here?" Yeah, your heroine has had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, which was kind of weird, you know, because. Like, that didn't fit the script. Like, you would almost anticipate, like, the film rewinding or something at that point, but... Because <laughs> yeah, it, it reset so many times before then, but it's like... That's the point where, like, oh shit, we're off script now. Like, anything can happen. We can all die. <laughs> we're in a completely different horror movie because Nancy was supposed to have sex with Kurt and then die. That didn't happen. And now the girl that was supposed to survive the movie who's supposed to be the final girl gets killed. And so they're like, 
Oh shit, now we're dealing with a whole new set of problems. It's like, yeah, I I don't know. You know, at that point you just got to call an audible and um you know, I guess you're you're stuck in the duration. Luckily the movie's only 92 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. I do like the uh <laughs> when the slutty girl finds the cell phone and is like, "I can't get How do you play this cassette tape? It doesn't have any holes in it." <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's not a cassette it's my phone oh yeah it's i'm gonna call somebody with this phone that doesn't have a cord yeah right i'm not that stupid ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes oh uh, and then she finds the riddlin <laughs> and takes all the riddlin and she's just like yeah i am hyper focused it's going like full fucking beavis <laughs> uh and then i like so like after that they're like all right we got to find a new final girl. Like they're sort of like, Max, you're the only virgin here. And he's like, what are you talking about? And you know, the girl's like, I'm a virgin too. And like her ex-boyfriend is like, no, you're not. No, I didn't. Get-. He's like, no, you're not a virgin. <laughs> Trust me. You're a whore. <laughs> and then the, even the nerdy girl, she's like, what about you? You're a virgin too. She's like, oh no. Like last summer I did that thing. And yeah, like you're you're the only virgin here. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, all right, Max is our new final girl. We got she's gonna be the one to to make it out alive. And then he comes up with Operation Booby Trap, <laughs> which is exactly as it sounds. Yeah, I mean, he has a whole diagram written on a blackboard of yeah of of how we're gonna use the boobs to trap the monster because we know he'll come as soon as someone does something slutty. So we're gonna like armor up and 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 on it before they before they let the the actual characters of the film know that they're in a film they're like trying to uh gear up on the slice like so where do they keep the chainsaws and the weapons around here like what are you talking about i don't know we just may want to make some firewood for <laughs> for for something <laughs> Yeah, not 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 too many improvised weapons. I I don't know. Although I will say for Operation Booby Trap, um, you know they definitely had some uh, great Home Alone esque um, yeah, traps and 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 rig set up. And you can't have an '80s movie without the epic '80s gear up montage. I mean, we had it in Lost Boys. We've had it in. Pretty much, if it was made in the 80s, there's going to be a gear-up montage. <laughs> so we had to ha- get the whole montage of them preparing for Operation Booby Trap by getting the uh, <laughs> the arrows and uh, rigging up a, a freaking log deadfall and hanging a bunch of antlers on the wall to use as a something to like launch somebody in and then hanging up buckets full of gasoline and <laughs> all kind of shit. So I was like, all right, this is definitely an 80s movie now. We have a montage. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty epic montage, too. Like they said in uh, Team America, if you got to get a lot of shit done in a short amount of time, got to have a montage. Montage! Complete with, like, you know... Badass song. music and everything huh. else. like High energy. <laughs> yeah, and they come up, get to the thing, and they're like, all right... It's time to unleash the beast. <laughs> and they finally tell the slut, like, all right, you can take your clothes off. 
and put on some freaking 80s hair metal. And she's like so jacked up on Ritalin that she's like freaking doing her like strip tease at like Mach 90. <laughs> just freaking just dancing her ass off. What are they? Wasn't it cherry pie that yes. they did? Yeah. So. Bring out some warrant cherry pie. Uh, and it's like what normally would probably be a, a, a slow, uh, sexy strip tease is just like chaotic and yeah, like she goes full beavis <laughs> and then like you know got the door open takes her top off and then he finally comes out of the out of the fog like it's time <laughs> we've we've lured him in uh, and of course she's clumsy so as soon as she uh sees him she turns around to run trips and lands face first in a bear trap <laughs> yep i didn't see the bear trap coming I thought she probably would have, you know, impaled herself on the antlers or or something. But, yeah, you know. She's ditzy. Leave it to her to screw the plan up. Because what, in the Jason movie, dude never had to run. There was always somebody that was going to run from Jason, trip, fall, and break their leg or something. And he was just going to eventually catch up to him. <laughs> dude did not need cardio. He just like, I'm just going to let these idiots trip and fall. And then I'll, I'll scoop them up when I get there. <laughs> I'll be waiting with my machete. I mean, it's the ultimate tale of the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> Jason is the hare, and he always wins the race. <laughs> I mean, the tortoise. Unless he's in water. Because then he gets, like, super speed. Like, or at least he did in any the NES game of Friday the 13th. <laughs> like, oh, that game was, like, impossible to... Did you ever play the new Jason game? I yet? did. Um, How was it? It's... It's enjoyable in relatively short doses. Like, if you can actually get a group of, you know, three or four people together, it's fun. Um, but it, it does kind of get a bit repetitive if you're just, you know, single player. Yeah, I'm, uh, I finally have reliable internet again. I may have to break into some, some gaming. Because that, that's one I've kind of wanted to try. And that freaking whatever... Uh... A new Star Wars game, uh, Lost Jedi or whatever it is, that looks pretty badass. Oh, um, since you're getting back in and have reliable internet again, uh, make sure you've got PlayStation Plus. I th- um, at the beginning of the month, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is the new game. I've already got that on. <laughs> I already had Battlefront 2. Oh, okay. But yeah, I need to... I haven't played it yet, but I want to at least play through the campaign. Yeah, I've got to uh, re-up my PlayStation Plus. I've, I let it expire when I kind of got bored with bad internet gaming. But there's a lot of good new shit coming out. And, you know, we got a PS5 coming out soon. So, to get back in the dust off my controller and go play against you youngins. Oh, boy. <laughs> we got old man here. With your old man strength? <laughs> I don't know if that translates into video games. It needs to. But yeah, I like the uh, <laughs> the one nerdy girl. Kind of starts... Uh, she's babysitting the one nerdy guy who has like all the all the, all the the flare buttons and stuff. And she's finally like, screw it. Like, we're going to die. And she kisses him. And as soon as she kisses him, dude dies. I'm like, you done violated the rules of the horror movie. <laughs> you, you, you executed that man by giving him a kiss. Because <laughs> as soon as she kisses him, like... You know, the booby trap works, Billy comes in, but in true 
horror movie fashion, you know, nothing can really kill him. It only slows him down unless you get the the machete. So he gets him hit by the the falling log and in very uh as you said uh, home alone gets impaled on the antlers and as soon as he goes up to try to like take the machete from him he you know homeboy gets impaled i'm like dude you shouldn't have kissed her you're <laughs> yep kiss her after you get the machete <laughs> and then you know with the you know they they of course you know after some struggle managed to get the gasoline ignited and <laughs> yeah they get the flame then you have a very much like michael myers-esque uh yeah, because they're, they're shooting them with the flaming arrows, which are doing nothing for them, and all run upstairs, and the plan is they've got a bucket of gas that's hanging from the roof, but as soon as they pull it, it won't pull, and he comes in and just knocks the bookcase over on top of the two two of the girls and, like, stabs one of them. And the one that had been a bitch to her through the whole movie was like, hey, the reason why I was a bitch to you is because, like, after your mom died, you just kind of, like, you know... Cut me out. Cut like, me out. Yeah, you know, it was like because you just kind of went in on yourself, and I, I missed my friend, and I, I, you know, they they get that kind of reconciliation moment, and then like said she's stuck on the bookcase, and she looks at me, and she's like, she's like, it's okay, go, and like they all jump out the window, and she finally like is able to yank the gas, and you get the whole like huge explosion of the like the gas blows up the entire upper part of the cabin nearly, and then he jumps out the window. And it goes into slow motion, but like so they're they're still the only ones that's like cognizant of what's happening in the movie, and they're like, "Oh shit, we're in slow motion now." <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> There's like a whole slow motion of him on fire, chasing them through the woods. <laughs> that's what made it so great. <laughs> Very Baywatch. <laughs> Uh, not enough Hasselhoff for that. <laughs> oh, speaking of Hasselhoff and Baywatch, did you ever see that? Uh, I think it was Piranha Double D. <laughs> no, I remember seeing you know the the original Piranhas, but I never did see the the Double D. Was it as? Uh... Oh, it was so bad because like they're uh the, this time the Piranhas invade a uh, a water park. And uh, at one point, David Hasselhoff is there playing himself uh, as the celebrity appearing at the grand opening of this water park. (laughs) Yep, that happened. (laughs) Like... Judging by the the title and everything, I was like, mm, I think it's porn with fish. <laughs> well, there is someone who gets a prana inside of them. I think that happened in like the first movie. Or oh, something maybe that too. was the first one. Then I just remember, I just remember that part. I don't remember if it was in the first one or the second one, but yeah. Oh, but then yeah, this is the part where we get to where they uh, they try to weaponize the uh, the flashback because he gets it's down to. Max, her mother, and the the boyfriend, and they end up uh, getting kind of trapped in like a little creek, and, and the monsters coming up to him, and they're like, they're like, quick, tell the story again. She's like, what? Just tell the story again. He's like, okay, back in 1955, Billy got, and then it all goes back to black and white again, and they're they're all of a sudden transported back to the flashback, and they're like, it worked. They're like, did did we lose him? <laughs> like, why is everything black and white now? Because like now she's the first time she's been stuck in the in the uh flashback and then like in the 
first flashback, this car pulls up. So as soon as Billy shows up, the car pulls up and runs him over. <laughs> and I was like, it's good use of the flashback. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes you got to use the film, you know, to your own advantage. You got to start playing the game. You know, using, using your cheat codes. <laughs> little little movie magic, if you will. Yeah, so this time around, they they notice Billy runs off after he gets blown up, so they they follow him through the woods. So like, I've never seen this part of the camp until they find this, like, ratty-ass cabin, which, you know, is uh, kind of uh, like the ratty-ass cabin in Friday the 13th, where you find out, you know, Jason's, where Jason's mom's... Uh, <laughs> Hiding off, uh, off camp. Mother. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, he catches up to him, so they, he's like, all right, end the story, let's go back to the real world. But he ends up stabbing, uh, you know, homeboy and taking, uh, Nancy. So they, they figured like, well, she, he probably took her back to that cabin and, and they go, they go to find her because she technically at this point still the virgin because it's kind of like Highlander. You can only have one. There can be only one. <laughs> yes. Yes, there can. So Max comes to rescue her, rescue her and gets stabbed herself. And she's like, yeah, died. And, and, t- and yeah, finally tells Nancy that, yeah, yeah, you're in a movie, but, you're in the real world. You're my mom, and I want to try to save you. And and she gets that yeah moment. She's like, I'm. She and tells her all about her real mom. She's like, she's like, either can they, you know, I can, yeah. You, know, you can't die because there's still two of us, or you can't be the final girl because there's still two of us. The only way you can survive is if I die. So you know, let me save you. And, you know, cause like, and, you know, they kind of have that moment like she finally gets to say goodbye to her mom, which is the thing that's kind of been fucking with her head for the last three years. She's never had that moment to say goodbye because she was taken out, you know, suddenly. And which leads to them probably like the most awkward <laughs> part of the movie where mom has to, you know, steps out of the, the church and out into the field and starts doing a strip tease for her daughter because it's the only way to summon the monster <laughs> while seeing baby Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> and it's like, she's just like, Oh, I'm so proud. There's my mom stripping for a monster. It's, it's like the most freaking awkward <laughs> moment of the film. Yeah. I mean, you know, shit happens. Had those Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> Which brings us back to the rule of, like, don't you remember Back to the Future? You can't have sex with your mom. <laughs> I don't think she was ever going to... I mean, although there was those moments where it was, like, you know, like, borderline, you know, like, <laughs> hey, we're we're family. I know we're family, so we're not going to let this line get crossed. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you know, to her, it's like, I'm trying to be nice to my mom, but it's, like, very much coming off, like... Are you hitting on me? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The seventies were pretty progressive. I mean, if we've learned nothing from porn, you got to say it's your stepmom. Then it's okay. 
It's okay as long as there's a tornado. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it, Jared. <laughs> oh. Oh, but yeah. Then of course Billy shows up and impales mom, and now yeah, Max is suddenly healed because she is the official final girl. And she, she even gets to, yeah, say the catch line of the original movie was like, you fucked with the wrong virgin. <laughs> and suddenly goes full Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, she definitely, like, gets some superpowers. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Highlander. She's now the only one, so she has the quickening. <laughs> God. But yeah, he's, like, throwing knives at her, and she's, like... You know, blocking them with the machete. Straight up and, Matrix, you know. Like. <laughs> doing, like, slides under under flying knives and, you know, suddenly knows, like, you know, it's like the Matrix, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Dang, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> and just, you know, gets into a, you know, epic fight with the monster and eventually cuts his head off. Very Highlander, you know. There's even lightning and stuff in the background. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, is this 80s horror? Or do we flash back to the Highlander? Because I'm pretty sure she's about to get the quickening. There's you know lightning and everything else. No, I mean it was still definitely 80s horror. I mean, do you see the lightning effects? <laughs> it's uh, like, quick, cue the blue strobe light. <laughs> I was like, at times too, though, even the way they shot it, it looked like something from the 80s at times. I mean, look at Stranger Things, dude. Like, holy crap. Yeah, that digital graininess they add just, like, adds to the uh, authenticity of it. But, yeah, she kills Billy, and then, you know, her boyfriend shows up. And then it's like, the movie goes on for another 15 minutes. (laughs) Because it's like, they're like, all right, we survived. Are we going back to the real world now? And then you see, like, the title, and then the credits start rolling, and they're like, watching the credits like all right like can we get out of here now <laughs> and then it's like if you ever been in a theater till the very end it's like you know even goes to like the white screen and like the you know film you know film by color or whatever stuff and they're like and then it's like a blank white screen they're like all right fuck we're still <laughs> can we can we leave now <laughs> and then camp blood 2 <laughs> yeah cuz you know Every horror movie, you gotta have, when you think the killer's dead, he comes back for one final scare. So, they wake up, they're all injured and stuff, and she's in the hospital room with her her boyfriend, and it's like, did we survive? Are we back in the real world? And, you know, know, moves the curtain, all her friends are there that have been killed, and they're like, like, was it all just a dream? And, like, Middleditch is like, no way, this, this jello is awesome, and check out my scar. That's definitely a machete scar. That shit really happened. And they're like, like we're, we're back home now? Like, yeah, yeah, we're back home. And they go to, like, step out of the, the hospital room, and they're like, see the doctor hitting on the, the slutty nurse, and it's like, wait a minute, there's Tab, and a Rubik's Cube, and a fucking uh, gizmo doll. Shit, we're still in the 80s! Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing screams 80s like a Rubik's Cube and a, and a can of Tab. Is that even a thing anymore? Uh, I don't know if I've ever, like, I remember, like, back in school, the only people who drank tab were the teachers. I, I guess that's the only had the, in the teacher's line. That's the only people I ever saw drinking tab was, like, the teachers. I'm not even sure what tab tastes like. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but then they're like, you know, Middle Dish is like, oh no. Because as we knew from the start of the movie, it's supposed to be a double feature. He's like, we're not out of the movie. We're in the sequel. <laughs> and you know, they start hearing the, the Billy song and he comes busting through a window and it's, and you get the title sequence, you know, Clamp Bud Bath 2, Cruel Summer. <laughs> and she's like, you know, automatically goes back into Buffy the Vampire Slayer mode. is like, fuck this. Like grabs the, the, uh, IV, uh, bar as a, as a spear and, and goes to, goes to fight him again. <laughs> I gotta see some of the outtakes too that they play Dude, in the, the, outtakes in the actual movie pretty credits. Great. Is pretty hilarious. Yeah, they even shows like an outtake of like uh, freaking Kurtz like in the hospital. His legs are all cast. And was like, "Hey, come on, baby, why don't you give me a sponge bath? I'm pretty sure my dick still works." <laughs> like, like, I don't know. You know, when you got people that are naturally funny, like we've talked about, like it's, you know, like some of the takes that didn't, you know, make the cut were like. No, that would have been freaking awesome. Like, <laughs> oh, that's like catches the other, you know, actresses or actors off guard, and they're like, not quite sure how to respond. Like, just adds a, a very candidness. Uh, oh yeah, there's like a series of probably like five or six six different versions of him like telling the one girl he won't uh, tell anyone she just ran over a dude or she has sex with him. It's like <laughs> he had like four or five different takes of <laughs> of that. What part he just like screams like a girl like ah oh no I, I totally didn't scream <laughs> just uh, Adam Devine's fucking hilarious I, I like just about anything he's in and uh, a girl who played Nancy uh, Marilyn Ackerman too she's one of those that very attractive lady she could definitely be like the hot girl you know, love interest in any you know romantic comedy or whatever but she tends to always do these like wacky comedy movies <laughs> like just about anything she's in she's like absolutely hilarious where she could you know could be like you know the hot dramatic actress but she's like no i want to be the fucking you know comedy person because as an actor that's got to be way more fun than being like <laughs> the dramatic actress yeah i don't know i, I would definitely prefer to be Less serious, more spontaneous, more so than, oh, I've got to do this one thing and... got to be super, super serious in everything I do. <laughs> Dude, you didn't even cry. I can't take you seriously. <laughs> oh, that was one thing, too, during the uh, the epic uh, gear-up montage. Like, one of them just pulls out a bucket of, uh, of tampons. <laughs> and I made my, <laughs> my wife watch that movie. She's like... And, and this thing, they never, like... Actually, I think that's what they used for the uh, the torches on the Flaming Arrows. Yeah. Like, I like until just now, I'm like, I don't think they even used those freaking tampons. <laughs> and my wife was like, what the hell are they going to do with the tampons? I'm like, well, I've watched a couple, like, survivalist videos. I mean, you can plug a bullet hole with a tampon in an emergency. <laughs> Maybe they're building a med kit. <laughs> Apparently it makes a great Kenlin. <laughs> But yeah, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I think that's what they use for the flaming arrows. <laughs> I totally missed that. But it makes sense. <laughs> so there's another thing you've learned by listening to us. You can make a flaming arrow with a tampon dipped in gasoline. You're welcome. <laughs> I want to 
We need to do like a Mythbusters episode Dude, and, I, I, and try this. I was about to say, like, I want to go and, you know, commission a couple of arrows and a, a bow and, you know, see how practical that would really work. <laughs> you know, because I feel like, you know, even doused in gasoline, I feel like they're going to burn up pretty quick. The secret is, I think you gotta you gotta put some oil base in. Like you gotta like you know basically dissolve some uh, styrofoam in your gasoline to make it like a like a napalm mixture. Yeah, but they didn't have styrofoam and everything else. Like we gotta you know we gotta we gotta stick true to the source, okay? <laughs> like, I, I mean, mean, you could you could take anything and be like, well, if you would have done this, it would. But that's not how they did it. So you know, <laughs> well, see, we take the uh, MythBusters method. You try it exactly like it was in the in the myth. And when it fails, then you have to show what it would take to make it actually occur. <laughs> and and we could absolutely do that. I mean, we keep talking about putting together a, 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 a YouTube show. This could be one of our things. Testing bullshit stuff from horror movies. <laughs> Episode one. Can you make a flaming arrow with a tampon? I think it would work. <laughs> Pretty sure I know where I can get a bow. <laughs> Probably find some tampons. <laughs> I'm the only guy in a house of three girls. I can find us some tampons. <laughs> I mean, but then, like, I- I'm trying to think, like, the plastic applicator, like. Do you, like, somehow encompass that so, like, the arrow hits and, like, then you get the melting plastic on the flesh, like, hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I, I probably just put way too much thought into the practicality of this. <laughs> All right, yeah, look, look for our YouTube channel starting soon. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to have to try this. Oh, I mean, I know most places have stopped selling guns now, so, you know, do they still sell arrows? Like, <laughs> are we just... It's not that they've stopped selling guns, it's like everybody's out of them. <laughs> um, or do we gotta get some tree limbs and whittle them down and... I'm gonna, you know... Acquire some bird feathers. Yeah, go old school and try to, like, you know, Robin Hood it and carve us some, some wooden arrows out of out of sticks. I'm pretty sure we can find a YouTube channel that teaches how to do that. If we shot a flaming arrow at Tannerite, what would happen? Would it Probably, go boom? I don't think so. I think you got to have like the impact to oh, set okay. off the Tannerite. It's got to be traveling at a your projectile has to be traveling at a fast enough speed to <laughs> set off. So the... we got to get us a compound bow. Yeah, we go for full Daryl. Get us a crossbow. Hmm. That would also tie into the Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. This, this absolutely needs to happen. <laughs> absolutely. And we both come back with like burns and stab wounds and stuff. It's like, what the hell happened? Well, plan backfired. <laughs> we made YouTube famous. We're YouTube famous now. It's not the way we wanted to be. <laughs> we accidentally made a fail video. Oops. <laughs> I mean, I totally want to see, like, Camp Bloodbath now. <laughs> like, they need to release, like, the the actual, like, complete uh, horror movie uh, <laughs> that this was, you know, 
based the movie within the movie. I want to see. I mean, if Wet Hot American Summer had a uh, serial killer, this would be it. Yeah, you're right. It does like very much look like remind me of uh, Wet Hot American Summer, which that was a great, great movie. And like the freaking Netflix series too was hilarious. Which I never saw. Like I think the second season of that. I need to, I need to sit down and watch that at some point. So you think we ever get a uh, a sequel? Because this already, I, you know, well, I mean, you it know, wasn't like, a, a th- I mean, it only cost four million to make, but it wasn't a. I mean, the fact that you know originally New Line Cinema was set to do this film, and you know, I guess things just didn't align right. So then, you know, Sony Pictures acquired the rights and you know did it under stage six film i'm wondering how differently this would be with new line cinema yeah because this like i said it got a limit you know premiered at south by southwest and had very a a limited theatrical run and kind of went straight to video so it didn't get the big uh theatrical release not that we can kind of do a theatrical release right now but i said this one like it Never heard of it until it just kind of popped up on, on TV one night, and it was, yeah, like this. Like I see stuff like this, and it's like, why didn't this get released in theater? It's like for me, like every time I subscribe to Showtime or something, I never find any of this epic shit, (laughs) you know. And then, like, like you said, we're sitting at the cigar shop, and it's like, hey, what's this thing? Oh, it's on Showtime. Like. Where the fuck has this been? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's not a lot of great comedies uh, out lately. We need another another comedy out. I think this is like, even if it, even if they didn't do a theatrical release like uh, like they originally planned, and just went another straight to Amazon or Netflix or whatever, like I definitely think this like deserves a sequel. <laughs> I mean, everyone who's in it is like big. You know, kind of, you know, big actors. It wasn't like a, a small, low-budget thing that, that uh, you know, a bunch of unknowns in it. They're like, everyone in it's kind of got a, a big career nowadays, so it's like, you could definitely uh, <laughs> do Camp Blood too, <laughs> Especially, like, from the cutscene, if they had, uh, you know, freaking Adam Devine survived. is <laughs> now in a, you know, full body cast for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I would not be opposed to seeing a sequel. I mean, it, you know, this film did a great job of bringing the cheese, realizing what it was striving for, and didn't try to go too over the top or so B movie that it just you know came across silly. Like I, I you know, I mean, yeah, it never got like this slapsticky stupid comedy. It was very much like you know funny yet we are in a horror movie and like i said we don't have a lot of great comedies coming out anymore and when's the last like slasher movie that you think of that i mean other than um what is last year when we had the the uh halloween sequel i mean that's like the first like legit slasher movie we've had in a a long time i think it's time to bring back the slasher genre. Those were something like always loved in the eighties and nineties. It was like, they were just dumb fun. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
They didn't have to be but psychological. But then again, or... like, like, so much of the slasher genre relied on stereotypes. Would they just get boycotted out, you know, and be like, <laughs> oh, that's that's sexist, or, you know, that's racist, or, you know, that's another ist, uh, you know, of some sort, like, even though, like, oftentimes, like, you can flip things around and be like, you know, no, for, from a morality standpoint, but now, you know, it's all about tolerance more so than morality, like, would it excel in today's climate? It would almost have to be set in an older time. Like you said, you could make one today, but you'd end up, you'd have to set it in like the seventies or the eighties. But to then get, again, like to get away with, like but the, I mean, the seventies and eighties are great for our age group. What about all of these people that don't even know what the fuck, like the nineties are vintage to them now. <laughs> oh like, God, we're old. Nineties like, vintage. I mean, you know, I mean, but that's 20 years. Yep. Like, Fuck, we're old. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, I can't remember. I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about, like, something from, like, 1999, and, like, that's vintage. And I'm, like, thinking in my head, that was only 10 years. No, wait, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> Shit. And hell, it's, like, so much of these old horror movies, too, like, relied on the isolation of your characters, where nowadays everyone has a cell phone, we're like, Oh, Billy's dead. Here, let me, like, call for help or text something, you know? It's like, you have to come up with a way to isolate your characters to give them that, you know, survival. I mean, I think that's why, you know, kind of the the Saw franchise has lasted as long as it has. Because it, it does that. It basically... People wake up in a trap, and there is no, like, calling for help. Exactly. Uh, like So, yeah, you, you know... gotta come up with some way to, to isolate your characters, because, you, yeah... Modern technology is like, uh, <laughs> that's why when they did the, uh, when they brought back, uh, uh, X-Files, Mulder was like, it's all bullshit. He's like, you know, we've got, like, everyone has a camera now, so if there was, like, Bigfoot and aliens and shit, someone would have got a photo of that, of that by now. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, you got I mean, a point. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is... Like, you, you, you see, what is this thing? I don't know, it's a grainy object. What did you take that picture with? It wasn't a phone, it wasn't a trail cam, it was, like, you know? Like, I I any modern device, you would have, you know, some resemblance of clarity. <laughs> yeah, it's Unless, like... Unless, like, you just take a picture in a black room with no flash, and it's like, hey, I got a black image here that shows that Bigfoot's real. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, now that you've brought that up, it, it, freaking cell phones have ruined like the horror genre. <laughs> Everything now has to be something I mean, cause that, paranormal or whatnot because yeah, this like the, I mean, the slasher the like, genre. Landlines, you know, like it used to be. Oh, we're gonna cut the cords. Well, yeah. guess what? No cords now. What? Yeah, my my <laughs> car is broken down in the middle of this deserted highway. I'm gonna have to walk to this creepy uh cabin to uh, see if they have a phone Although, to call for help. Although maybe like you know like figure out a way to like haha I've disabled your Wi-Fi signal now no. you're <laughs> I now you know you have no control over your home your vehicle <laughs> yeah it's like because nowadays it's like oh like our 
we got a flat tire in the middle of nowhere. Let me just hit OnStar and call for a wrecker. They don't even have to get out of their car. It's like <laughs> cell phones and convenience has well, ruined just, the slasher genre. I just saw a thing, too, where I think it's um, Tesla and Apple are working together where basically your cell phone will be your car key. <laughs> like, you'll use it to unlock your doors and everything. It's like, God forbid you, like, screw up your cell phone. Damn, my phone's broke. Now I can't drive my car. <laughs> I mean, because they're almost already there with like, uh, like your touchless keys now, where it's like you you don't even have to pull it out of your pocket. If your keys in your pocket, your door automatically opens when you get to it, and you hit a button to start your car. You like never even have to like pull your keys out anymore. So that's making in that into a a phone app is just like the next <laughs> yeah. next level of that shit. So yeah, we we've come to the conclusion that cell phones have ruined the uh, modern horror genre. That's why everything has to be either creature movies or. Uh, some kind of weird paranormal shit. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's almost your, your horror movie. EMP device, something that disables, you know, electronics, and then people are left to their own devices and watch the downfall of mankind. <laughs> Speaking like, of, of, you know, before we wrap this up, another bad horror movie recommendation that I, I happen to come across at the cigar shop, Redcon 1. <laughs> Which is also available if you have Prime and you can get the the Showtime free preview for a week and watch it. It is your bad zombie movie. Uh, it follows a an outbreak in London and they've cordoned off the city and they send in a unit of British SAS and Army Rangers to rescue a scientist that supposedly might have the cure. But it's directed by some kind of uh, Hong Kong action director. So there's like random kung fu fights with zombies. There's even zombies with nunchucks. I mean, it is bad. <laughs> but it's one of those that's so bad that it's like, this is entertaining. <laughs> have to uh, check that out. I think I still have a few days left on my trial membership. Yeah, it's like an outbreak movie. They go in. No, like, masks. No, like, uh, <laughs> gloves. Nothing. They're they're fighting zombies with swords and getting covered in blood. Like, dude, you're going to get infected. <laughs> At least take some hand wipes or something, man. Damn. <laughs> Better wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's it's I mean there's like a, a freaking zombie fight club moment. It is true cheese in the in the best possible way. So as we kind of wrap this up, any final thoughts here on the Carl Malone? Is it a, a slam dunk? Um, you know, it's a little bit mild for my taste, but you know, it it's got good flavor. Um and that speaks to itself, um, you I know. Don't like mind a mild cigar, if there's a, a lot of flavor, and this this has got some complex flavor to it. It's, I, it's I not don't bad. know that I ever picked up the frosted flakes, so maybe I need to sprinkle a little sugar on my cigar, you know, yeah. just on the foot or something. And uh, yeah, I don't know where they got that reference. I'm not picking up uh, the um, sugary of a of a taste, but yeah, like you said, definitely creamy and a uh, little, little woody and like. I, I, you know, and I would think, you know, being aged in rum barrels, like you would get maybe some of that sweetness from, you know, the, the yeah. rum or whatever. But I really didn't. I, I, I think I'm picking up, you know, more just the. Hey, these things have been sitting in, you know, wooden barrels. They kind of smell like wood and taste like wood. Um, more yeah, than that they got a bit the, of a that that hint of oakiness, whereas the the bourbon barrel aged stuff definitely has a stronger oaky and stronger 
sweetness to them than uh, than this has. And so. I think some of the other ones, you know, like the barrels are charred or something too, where you know these probably are not. I don't know. It, it didn't have that, like you said, that additional like smoke char, you know, type taste to it at all. I, I mean, you know, not a not a bad cigar. Like it, you know. If somebody's like, hey, I want a good, you know, mild cigar with a lot of flavor, like, I'd be like, hey, go check this out. I've smoked it. I'm not really even a mild cigar smoker. Yeah, not bad. Especially if you're somebody who can't take the can't take the heat of the strong cigars we normally uh, <laughs> recommend. And with that... Her hair is hollow gold Her lips sweet surprise It's time for some science. I'm ready to get educated. You yeah. schools out for summer. <laughs> I mean, well, it's been out. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I think there was home based learning and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, freaking uh, whatever SiriusXM's been doing a free preview. So I was listening to uh, to Ozzy's Boneyard and freaking. It was playing a bunch of Alice Cooper. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm a big fan of Ozzy's Boneyard. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of the times we say, I'm not going to say it's aliens, but it's probably aliens. And this time, NASA agrees with this. Uh, NASA has basically uh, released a grant. They are going to fund the search for alien life uh, using... Techno signatures for the first time. So are we gonna start playing dubstep? <laughs> yes, we're gonna broadcast dubstep and see who calls us to tell us to turn that shit off. <laughs> uh, over the last twenty-five years, we've found thousands of exoplanets, which are planets you know outside of our solar system, uh, and which kind of strengthens the case of life beyond earth because like i said the more plants they are the higher the likelihood that we may uh yeah find some other earth-like planets up until this point we've always kind of looked for um biosignatures of like this planet is in that habitable zone near their stars and let's see if you know we can detect if there's oxygen or or yeah stuff in the atmosphere conducive to life uh well now they're, this grant is focusing on, you know, techno signatures instead of biosignatures, which basically trying to figure out if there is 
stuff that, you know, is the sign of advanced technology on these other planets, which, uh, kind of goes hand in hand with, if you've heard of SETI, which is the, the big radio, uh, observation telescopes that they've been using for years. And they said, one of the challenges of using stuff like SETI is figuring out where to point the, uh, <laughs> the dish. But, um, uh, uh, project leader, Professor Adam Frank from the University of Rochester said, you know, which stars do you point your telescope at and look for signals? Now that we know where to look, you know, since we have these thousands of exoplanets, including planets that are in the habitable zone, uh, the game has kind of changed. And there's two type of signatures to start with, uh, solar panels and pollutants. So basically, you know, when we're looking at a planet long, long away with our, you know, telescopes, the reflection of solar panels you know, kind of can be detected from space. And also, you know, if you can kind of sample the, detect what's contains in the atmosphere, if you look for industrial pollutants, like stuff that's stuck in our atmosphere from, you know, years of human life and industry, that's going to be another sign that this planet may have life. I like it. I, I mean... So right now it's it's kind of all theoretical. They have to kind of determine, you know, what air pollution and solar reflectivity will look like from 100 light of light years away and, you know, what kind of fingerprints that that would leave, but you know, as they're kind of determining what to look for, you know, within the next, you know, few years, that's kind of technology is going to catch up to it when we kind of know what to look for, they're going to be able to, especially like the next generation of telescopes, uh, like the James Webb Space Telescope that's uh, getting ready to go up, or the the ALT, which stands for Extremely Large Telescope. So kind of as these you know, new technology uh, kind of comes into effect in the next couple of years, we're actually going to be able to try to see what neighbors we have out there and uh, detect you know, what kind of, you know, if we find pollution and, and, you know, re reflection of technology, but more likely that, hey, they might be a person on that planet. Why, they gotta be a person. Or an it, E.T., an elf, maybe. Watch Hide out for your cats. cats. <laughs> oh, and in another story, cutting edge research, ha ha ha, turns human hair into flexible displays for smart devices. I am perplexed. Yes. Researchers from Queensland University of Technology uh, in Australia have teamed up with local barbershops to turn hair scraps into flexible displays used for smart devices, including wearable, wearable devices and smart packaging. Uh, the study published in Advanced Materials, the team basically burned uh, human hair waste yeah, and uh, upon heating it up and breaking down the proteins, it can be broken down into, you know, carbon and nitrogen key elements to obtain light emitting particles. So basically, if you have one of these OLED TVs, these nano dot carbons that they're, which are only one millionth of a millimeter, were grouped into, you know, nano islands, which form the active layer of an organic OLED device. Well, I say so far it's not kind of bright enough to be made for like TVs, but it can be used in displays and other like 
you know, flex, like the, you've seen some of the, like the flexible cell phones and shit they're coming out with now, you know, so it's, it's kind of going to help, uh, deal with, with waste and also, you know, recyclable device that we can, well, you at know, least they burn the hair with. so you don't have to worry about lice on your smart devices. Yeah. And they said that it's definitely achievable using human hair. So the kind of like the next level of the study is they're going to start seeing if this is unique properties to human hair, or if we can get the same results using like, say, you know, excess sheep wool or dog hair from prep grooming salons and, and whatnot. So you might be able to get to you a Doverman screen for your new, uh, <laughs> your new smartwatch or, or whatever at some point. Interesting. I mean, you're uh, not gonna be able to donate to the study, but uh... yeah, I was gonna say like, <laughs> kind of lacking in the hair department, but uh, you know, I see what you're saying. So some days, you know, they may be able to take all that scrap that piles up your barber shop and turn it into cheaper, s- renewable sources for your your cell phone technology. Another thing we got coming up. Uh, you know, we always talk about uh, Skynet and robots doing weird shit. Uh, they now have an AI that has learned to the painting process of masterpieces. Interesting. So, you know... So they're able to replicate, like, the Michelangelo's and that sort of thing. Yeah, basically, uh, researchers at MIT have, MIT have produced a learning system called TimeCraft which will generate time-lapse video showing the most likely painting processes of a given piece of artwork. They basically train this system using a data set of 200 time-lapse videos of artists creating digital and watercolor paintings. So it kind of studied how they, how actual artists paint a picture in their brush strokes and all that, and use that to kind of backtrack the process of like, you know, taking a picture of, uh, you know, a, a Van Gogh or whatnot, and then creating like a time-lapsed video of, you know, how that painting would have been made in, in real life. I mean, couldn't they just use like Bob Ross? I mean, they not have access to, you know, PBS or something and be like, <laughs> and, and over here we got some happy little trees. Yes. Yeah, a little cloud, like. Should have trained their Skynet using uh, <laughs> Bob Ross videos. Oh, uh, and he said, yeah, the the method uh, that they've 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 count kind of come up with is like artists kind of start with the big picture and big items, and only use maybe one or two colors at a time, and then add the the finer detail as it goes on. And apparently, they've you know showed these videos to people and. It's, they can't, you know, it's good enough that people can't tell the difference between a, the computer generated time-lapse video and actual human time-lapse videos of people painting. So it's, it's gotten to the point where, you know, it's recreating these, these images at a, you know, good enough detail that it can fool the, the general public into, uh, into figuring out, uh, that, uh, is this robot painted or, uh. human painted i'd be curious you know some kind of um you know museum or something you know that can really hone in on authenticity and be like hey 
this original versus the AI and see, you know, under like microscopic conditions, if you're able to see the, the difference, like whether it's the paint compounds or, or something of that nature, like. Otherwise, I'd be like, you know, some thieves would be like, I got this original and nobody can disprove it's an original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Rick from Pawn Stars would be having to call a guy. <laughs> yeah, I've always got a guy. And, uh, you know, in a, in a final note, we've gotten, uh, if you haven't noticed it being a little hazy this weekend, on top of all the other shit that's happened in the world now we got freaking saharan dust storms that have blown sand all the way from africa to arrived here in the u.s south this weekend i mean and and it's rained this weekend so you know now now i might can actually say that i miss the rains in africa like that's the problem you missed the planes in africa so long that they actually came here to visit you there we go you know i mean travel bans and all of that you know can't go to africa so bring africa to me you know there we go (laughs) toto would be very happy but apparently this is a yearly thing it's just the concentration of the dust is like 50 or 60 times greater than you know what it has been or something of that nature yeah it's something it, it occurs quite often but it's like it's such a large amount of dust. This is like kind of the first time it's making big news. So over the course of the weekend, by the time this podcast comes up, it should have cleared out. But yes, if you notice the, the air was extra hazy this weekend, also, you know, leading to some supposedly, you know, very, uh, pretty sunrises and sunsets. Not that we've noticed cause it's rained the whole freaking weekend, but <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. It's not the mummy. Uh, that that was one of the other theories I seen in Coast Stress is like fuck somebody dug up King Tut. We got a whole their mummy situation now. That's like the next thing. Murder Hornets didn't show up, so now we've got mummy freaking sandstorms uh, attacking us. <laughs> and of course, next month we get uh, the the shape of Marshmallow Man. <laughs> or I keep seeing people threatening to throw uh, Gizmo in the in the pool. Yeah, I've seen that too. Or the uh, the meth bores. Oh no, coke, coke bores was the other thing that uh, came up on the. Didn't you, you didn't see that story? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh god, somebody. Uh, some I forgot where this was at. Uh, but somewhere apparently, uh, wild boars found twenty thousand dollars worth of cocaine that was stashed in the jungle, and ate all the cocaine. <laughs> So now we got coked out boars roaming the jungles. And I mean, you really didn't want to go face to face with a boar anyway. Like, <laughs> I could only imagine what the uh, the coked out version of a boar would be like. <laughs> I mean, hell, there's been warnings in Florida not to flush your drugs because we're getting meth gators. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like that movie Cabin in the Woods with like everybody betting on the next, you know, disaster that's going to hit us. Can we just not? But coke bores were not on my my bingo card, nor was Saharan dust storms. But yeah, if, you, if things were a little hazy, that's your your reason for it. That's all the the science I got for you this week, and we'll be right back. I'm Brittany Vitrino, and I'm Martha Bartlett. We've been nerds since day one, and we love to talk. 
And now we're your hosts of But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Come listen if you like anything from comics, anime, video games, sci-fi, and even history. Just sit back, relax, even join us with a drink in hand because we'll have one in ours too and come talk nerdy with us every Tuesday. We are now a proud member of the ESO Network and you can download wherever you like to listen. See you next Tuesday. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News! Yeah, news! And lack of news, because apparently COVID is, you know, trying to resurge, and things that were on schedules are continuing to get delayed, you know, further, so, um... Yeah, so, uh... I mean, there was the, you know, spot for uh, the boys, I think, um... Yeah, we did have that, they released the, uh, which I read the article wrong and was thought that the boys was coming out Friday, and no, they were just releasing the <laughs> the release date on Friday. So, the boys season two is now scheduled for September 4th, 2020. So, I mean, the freaking first season the boys was was damn good. I, that, I liked it. I need another just kind of weird-ass show to watch right now. Absolutely. Well, speaking of weird ass, um, you know, I guess since Hollywood is out of original ideas and stuff, um, they are rebooting Twister. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not quite sure, you know, how you reboot that film without basically changing it entirely because a lot of what Twister was trying to do Storm Chasers, you know, Team Tiv, the Discovery Channel, um, <laughs> yeah, we already Weather got Channel crews like Storm Chaser shows, you know, have already gone inside tornadoes and you know that sort of thing. I understand that you know the, you know, there's definitely room for improvement as far as understanding you know tornadoes and the science behind tornadoes. But if I go back to 1996 Twister. It was never really about the science anyway. It was more so, hey, here's a comedic drama um, that just happens to have some tornadoes now and then. <laughs> Will we get another cow? I See, I mean, that's, like, I think a twister. Like, I can't think a twister without Bill Paxton. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, as as cheesy and everything else, like, I mean, I get it, like, you know, you're you're the small, you know, group of storm chasers. You know what it requires to be a storm chaser? Money and funding. <laughs> like, so to, like, be like, oh, these guys, you know, they're in it for the money, not the science, and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't do that again. Like, <laughs> I, I mean... Can we just get another fucking Sharknado? Like, you know, I, I mean... <laughs> yeah, this time we're not going to get a cow. We're going to get a shark. <laughs> like, I see a shark. There's another shark. I think it's the same shark. <laughs> I, I, I just... I don't know what the premise is, and I don't know why. I mean, granted, like... You know, if I see Twister on TV or something, I'm going to stop and watch it most of the time, because... Science aside and, you know, everything, like, it's a cheesy movie about tornadoes, and I like tornadoes, <laughs> so I'll watch it. Um, but, 
Yeah, and it's like the, I mean, rebooting old movies when it's something where, hey, technology is called. Dude, that movie was can... in '96. Okay, yeah, it's is not it that... that old? Plus, it's like <laughs> it makes sense to reboot a movie where technology can make the movie better. Where a movie about tornadoes, I don't know how much like the improved CGI can make that a better film. <laughs> it's just... I mean, you. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you know, like, I'm a Skywarn spotter. I, you know, spent many, many hours either watching storms in real life or watching, you know, actual storm chasers on YouTube live streaming their stuff as storms and tornadoes are taking place. Like, I enjoy that a lot more than, you know, like, uh, another Hollywood flick especially a reboot you know i mean like you can't do 20 you know 2012 <laughs> yeah we're already gone past that you know you can't you know make it night of the twisters like i do night of the twisters was a good movie <laughs> i mean it was a good book too but yeah. i mean i'm just saying like what is the what is the premise you know i mean yeah, sp- you know speaking of storms you're one of the, they announced one of the new characters in the boys. It's called Stormfront. It's one of the new members of the Seven. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm guessing is a storm ripoff. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Does the name give it away? A little bit. <laughs> Watch his powers be though. He can't actually conjure storms or anything. Like the most he could do is like make it mist. <laughs> It's moist from Doctor Horrible. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I mean that 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 would be pretty great. Be like, I don't know. Like, I got little baby powers. Okay, they haven't grown to be superpowers yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey got put. Our Bogus Journey. <laughs> yeah, music, that that release has that been got pushed. Pushed. I think two weeks. It's coming out in sometime in August now. So but I, think- I mean, like. I know that theaters can open. Have you actually seen an open theater? I've seen the announcements that I think July 10th or the 15th is when I know Regal Cinemas, I think, said that they were going to open back up. But I've not seen any kind of ads for, hey, this movie's definitely going to be released on this date. So the earliest. Like, I, I, you know. The earliest. Theatrical releases I've seen advertised are like either end of July or sometime in August. So like, even if they open up in July, I haven't heard of any movies that are like I heard announced that they're going to be released yet. I don't know what you know theater chain it was, but said that when they reopen, like they're basically reopening just to show classics, whether it's old Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and and that sort of thing. And it's like. Yeah, I don't remember where I've seen a few places that are like, yeah, they're re-releasing classic movies, and I've and I've heard like some of these, like I said, have done really well in the box office just because people are, you know, I you know, I see a lot of the doom and gloom people on Facebook. It's like I don't care if theaters are opening up. Like, is anybody gonna go back? But then there's other people who are like, fuck yeah, we'll go back because I'm tired of not seeing movies. <laughs> like, I don't care what's in a the theater. If a theater opens up this weekend, I will fucking go see it. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. Like, I, you know. I personally, like, there's certain films that, okay, the big screen, but at the same time, it's like, 
I can I can cook, I can eat, I can drink, I can do all these things and not be annoyed by people in front of or behind me. Like <laughs> especially if it's something, you know, classic that's already been out where hey, I want to see this, but my date just wants to play on Snapchat the entire movie. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Um like I I mean, especially if it's stuff like movies that we didn't get to see in theaters, like original Star Wars, something like that. I would definitely go see the original trilogy on a big screen again, or or even some of like the big action movies that I can see at home, but there's just certain movies that you need the surround sound for. You know, it's like you need the... the like Top Gun look is amazing on a freaking... They, when they... For the anniversary a couple of years ago, they re-released it in like IMAX 3D, and that was fucking awesome. <laughs> so I guess I'm fortunate because I got that luxury. But <laughs> yeah, but seeing seeing uh, Top Gun in uh, in 3D is 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 pretty badass. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like everyone's so desperate for some kind of getting out of the house entertainment that it's like I don't care what's in a the theater if they'll, yeah. I'll throw Die Hard back up on the theater. I'll go see something I've seen a million times at this point just to get out of the house. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, I mean... It's just going to be tough. Like, I mean... Kind of the same with, you know, crowded bars and everything else. Like... Yeah. Interesting. I mean, our local brewery that reopened, they've... Every time I've They're driven packed. by, they are packed. So it's like, yeah, people are ready to get out and get into shit. Especially, up, I mean, I can understand, like, down in Atlanta or somewhere where it's still kind of overcrowded. But up here where it's like, yeah, it's like people are ready to get back into to entertainment. <laughs> I mean, hell, I've gone to the I've gone to good old days a couple times since the bars have reopened. And, like, I wouldn't even go into bars that much before everything shut down. But it's like, now it's just like, oh, we can go somewhere and sit down and have a drink and smoke a cigar. I'm like, I'm freaking down. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did go to my first restaurant since all of this stuff started happening last night. So, you know, went and got some Mexican. Yeah. I've been to the, the Chinese buffet reopened. So I hit the, the buffet today. And <laughs> so are they allowing you to serve yourself yeah. or hmm. they just have the, like, you know, got to say six feet apart. So it's like, you know, kind of only one person or two people at the either side of the buffet table at a time. Yeah. I wonder how they're handling like utensils and stuff. Like, you know, like, and all the staff was masked up and I'm assuming they were going around wiping things down fairly regularly and had a giant bottle of hand sanitizer out there for anybody who, uh, who wanted it. But yeah, it's like, you know, at this point I don't care anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, you know. I, uh, just is what it is. Um, any other tidbits, news, anything you want to share with the folks at home? Uh, tacos are good. Tacos are great. I saw there's a, a trailer for uh, a new show coming to Netflix starting July 3rd that looks interesting. Uh, anyone who's ever tried the... Battle Box Survival Subscription Service, which I did for a, a couple months. They are, you know, they're also based here in like South Georgia. 
they're getting their own kind of, uh, I say in air quotes, reality show on Netflix called Southern Survival, where it's them kind of testing products and looking for new products to, to sell at the battle box. And the trailer looks pretty good. I mean, it looks like redneck version of Jackass. <laughs> That's I mean, interesting. They're, they're blowing shit up and and crashing cars and and doing all kind of other stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Sh- I'm not sure this is like required for for product testing, but it looks fucking entertaining. <laughs> I'll have to give it a go. Yeah, so that's a uh, that's another new show to add, and then also uh, uh, I don't remember if we've talked about it or not, but I was a huge fan of the the Winona Earp series. Uh, you know, which I'd never even heard of until a bunch of those people were at Dragon Con and someone finally recommended it. I sat there and watched it. I'm like, oh, cool. It's like a, almost like Supernatural nearly with the, like, badass chicks uh, and, and Western guns. Dude, that show sucked me in hardcore. Oh, yeah. Well, they finally announced, you know, there was kind of some, uh, kind of rough getting season four made, uh, Switch Studios or whatever. They finally released, uh, season four will be coming out, uh, July 26th on, uh, sci-fi, and uh, I think the the first three seasons are still up on Netflix. Last I checked, so if you you got time, you got a month to catch up if you if you want to, you know, check out that. Uh, and the the new D, new DC series Star Girls is not not bad. It's it's kind of amusing. Uh, you know, the newest addition to the the Arrow first, but yeah, the the Winona Earp is is returning. So go check that out. And with that. Uh, Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESOnetwork.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the places you find podcasts. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. Get your smoking shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. Also, go leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're... um, uh, get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com. Use the promo code Cigar Nerds. And with that, never say you'll be right back because you won't be. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.